You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, 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 welcome to the show. Oh dear. Oh, it's not a musical, this one, is it? It's like super boring. I hate to break it to you, but that is a super boring introduction. Alright, you'd be much more interesting than me then. I'm not. I'm just. I, I'm good Let's at pointing. I'm good at pointing out how boring that is. Now I'm not any more interesting. I can wow. assure you of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about this? Gold. There you go. Gold. Da, 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 da. Gold. I don't know the words. You know the words. You're a man of the '80s, as am I, a woman of the '80s. I'm Lamal. I didn't, mem- I'm Lamal. I'm I didn't the memorize 80s. all of the uh, lyrics of every '80s song like you apparently did. But... Lamal from the go- the group Kajagoogoo introduces himself to people only on that one show at that one time. You think he'd never done that before? I don't know. He walks up and says, "Hi, I'm Lamal. I'm from the '80s." You think that that he's never said that before? <laughs> Because <laughs> that most people would be like, huh? <laughs> who? Yeah, the what's? Yeah. So, um, what was the before the after the show discussion? We're talking about, um, this movie. A little bit. And Matthew and uh, various items. Really, it was a, a very the discussion. true story of this. And movie. the stupid assholes who keep burning shit around our house. Pardon my language. This is a grown-up show, yeah, but uh, I'm so open? sick of breathing people's stupid smoke. Not cigarette smoke, like no, chimney smoke. No, it's like somebody's burning or, leaves or something, or a big, huge barbecue. Ugh. It grosses me out. It's just one of those things I've always hated. And we open the windows on a beautiful, gorgeous day, and all you hear is... And smoke coming in. Smell the smoke coming in. So I need to live on a mountaintop far from people. That would be great. With no log fire, you know, cold. Yep. <laughs> if I'm burning it myself, it probably wouldn't bother me as bad. With an but it's electric radiator. When I got no control over it, that's when, ugh. But. All right. Enough so, about me. So, this is Saturday, May the 6th. And uh, this is after the show number 478. We're a movie review podcast. We uh, have reviewed 478 movies after this one has ended. We are the champions. This movie we're looking at this week is Gold, it's a 2016 movie, released on Blu-ray on May Gold. the 2nd. You can pick it up now. It's from our friends at Anchor Bay and the Weinstein Company. And it's rated R for a suggestive... Why is it rated R? It's got the F word a few times. Yeah, F word. And his butt. He's naked a couple yeah, it's times. Yeah, not, it's nothing that... Not that you and I would decide that, but someone else has. So yeah. it is what it is. I was just thinking, is it violent? No. Is it... It's not really anything, is it? Um... So, Sid Talk will you give you the synopsis of the movie Gold. Gold! Da 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 da. Hey. Oh, that's not it. That, that song does not feature in this movie. Even though the beginning of this movie says it is inspired by real events, it's like the tiniest, tiniest hint of real life. So, we will say that it is the story of a man. Who is driven, he owns a, a mining company and is driven to find gold on the planet. And his sacrifices and his sort of metal to get that done. It's very similar to the character from Founder. The guy who is willing to yeah. just go for the thing, the dream or whatever. Or the and wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, the, there's... It's yeah. that kind of... Yeah, the driven. wake that you leave behind is unimportant. It's just that you move forward to, toward this goal, and it's about him and towards finding this gold. a crew. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's a standard story of rise and plateau. I, I said and to you, there's a, there's a distinct moment in the middle <laughs> of the movie. We only have that story as Where humans. I said to you, this is the peak of this, this movie. This is it. It lasted two and seconds. It literally <laughs> back. Now, it's, now it's on its way down. Yeah. So it's that kind of movie. It's the rise and fall. I mean, we only have that movie story. We only have that story as humans. There's a, like a, chal- seven, a character stories. has a challenge. They overcome the challenge. There's goodness. There's a, a force to be reckoned with, and it will either bring them down, but in the or or lift them back up. Either way, it's a lesson learned. Is that Humpty Dumpty? It's all of them. All of the stories are the same. That makes me. They're think. just wrapped up in different packages. But yeah, <laughs> that just makes me think of Ricky Gervais with his uh, any stand up. He mm-hmm. did uh, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall, and he was like, "Let's just go through that for a second. And then he goes, "Okay, <laughs> all the king's horses." And yeah, he's like, <laughs> like the worst thing to bring to goes, a broken egg he goes, party. Think of that. There's a broken egg, <laughs> and there's horses. 
hooves. They're like, <laughs> because hooves were invented by whoever to be egg smashing machines. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, off topic. But Gold, uh, what, what did you think of this movie? This. What did you think? I thought, like last week, we watched The Founder and I had some uh, reservations about it, even though I enjoyed it overall. This one is almost the same thing. Yeah. It is an interesting story. Some of it's fictional, some of it's not. I don't see the point of embellishing this story because I actually just read the real story and it's just as interesting. Yeah. It's actually just... Why do you need him touching a tiger? That's why, just Hollywood. Like in it? the Boston Marath- the Boston bombing one, why make up characters? A false character. When the real characters, the real I story guess because is it, interesting. Yeah, sometimes it's... Bit, I can understand sometimes because it completely restricts your story if you have to follow... Then don't say it's based on a real story. But this one, so this one, to, to its credit, by says inspired by true events. Which, yeah. Which, when I read that immediately, I was like, okay, we're going to have some, you know, over-the-top stuff here that's not happening in real life. So, the real-life story is in the 90s, there was a um, mining company that, spoilers, it is a real thing that's existed since the 90s, so... A, um, if you don't, if you've not seen this film, go away, come back. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know about the real events, but a mining company that prospected a gold mine, and then one of the founders, there's two of them, um, falsified, basically, like spoilers. Yeah, that they they you know how it works when there's a gold mine is. I mean, that's very, very late in the story, so you're really spoiling this shit right up front. That's what I'm saying. So you go, <laughs> you go to a, how it works in real life, you go, you, you find your, your site. First of all, were you surprised by this? Well, hold on. You find your site, and then it's got, you know, a plate, like a rock or whatever, or a mountain that might have gold in it. <laughs> and then you start drilling it, and then you pull samples, then you send the samples to a laboratory. These days you probably don't, but back then. Back you then did. you did, in the 90s. And then the laboratory tells you how much gold. They can figure out how much gold per ton of rock there will be. From your in samples. Area. So this guy was falsifying the samples going but back we to didn't, the... But the thing is, you're go, telling the story well, a little bit backwards. Well, I know, but it's backwards. Well, well, it was, but we trust him. We have no reason to think this at all. There is no hint of this at all. You are no, I'm, say, I'm just ride. talking about what the real life thing was. That, that was my... I, I'm right? saying, well, the real life story was that. There was a guy falsifying some samples... Um, by sprinkling gold dust into the rock um, samples, sending them to the laboratory. The laboratory saying, "Oh wow, there's Which tons is of so rude. There's a lot of gold in this, so that that leads to investors getting interested, people spending money. Your it, your company becomes on the the company went on the stock exchange, uh, and there actually stuff. is no gold. <laughs> so, um, it's that was the real story. Two guys, one kind of duped the other guy. Now in this movie. That is the core of the story, but then there's a lot. Not of... till the end. No. No. The story is they find they go to this place that he dreams about, Indonesia. The guy is like this guru of finding stuff. He has complete faith in him. They spend months there. The guy, this guy, our guy gets malaria. He almost dies. The other guy's got workers and they're drilling and drilling and drilling. It's not like they're just sitting up there doing nothing. He's actually having these work and he's doing all the science and he's doing all the plotting and everything. The whole time. Working, working, working. And then he they discover the gold. And it's, you know, it's not huge. It's not like they say, we've found, you know, 90% of this mountain is made out of gold. It's like this tiny they little amount. We found the biggest gold find in Right, the but 90s. it's a tiny amount. Yeah. What I'm saying is, it's, a t- it's an eighth of an ounce per ton or something like that. So it wasn't like even this where you'd go, what? You know. So they go along for the ride. And then it shows you what's bullshit. Wall Street and all these investors and stuff is because they have no, yes, they have these tests to prove it. And then obviously later they're sending an independent scientific group to study it. Because they need to be sure. But then that's when they discover the truth. But it's all based on nothing. Like literally billions of dollars were spent and put into the market based on nothingness. They didn't have gold in their hand. There wasn't a truckload of gold to come in to buy or sell. It was just it was based speculation. on the laboratory report. Yeah, speculation. That nobody investigated. <laughs> well, they were, and that it just took I mean, time. Yeah. And then they finally figured it out. I mean, they, they, they were rich for an extended period it was of time. Only, it was less than a year, all that In happened. the real life, it was not. 
in the real life, they were uh, three years on the right. stock market. So that's three years on the stock market before anybody even twigs like and, and goes, oh, well done. Or if they did, they were like, shit. Which okay. is amazing. We don't want to tell anybody. Yeah, it's an amazing real life story because thinking of that, that whole situation. The real life one, yeah. Yeah, there's no gold <laughs> in a mine. There's no mine, really. There's just a, a, a spot that they're saying is a gold mine. There's a guy falsifying these samples. And then there are people, lots of people, not just two or three people. Stock market people, average public who are buying the stocks. Yeah. Who are all happy and... Angel investors who gave him money thinking yeah. we're going to get a big fat return. Exactly. And there's money, people living off big amounts of money. That doesn't exist. nothing, yeah. Which that is money, the amazing part. Yeah, of the, the hotel, they're not charging you money. They're just waiting for you. Like, you're in a fancy hotel. You go to a fancy restaurant. You start putting everything on charge accounts because now they find out right. who you are because of the possibility of money. Right. That's like... That's the amazing part of the is. whole story. It really is. But, this, but unfortunately, like I say, when you say, what do I think of this movie? And I do. I did really like some of the performances... I did like the story overall, and it did actually shock me because I didn't know the real story. So when it actually mm-hmm. came up, I was like, oh, no way. That, I, I was, was like, oh. Yeah, like, I mean, sure. I had my suspicions. But when it was like, oh, there is no gold at all. But the way this movie, you've seen gold, you just, again, like the real life, you as a person just go, oh, yeah, there's gold. I've been told there's gold, so I believe in this dream yeah. of gold, right? That's how it works in real life, the wool pulling over the eyes. It works in this movie too. So I really like that. But this movie, in terms of, like I say, I enjoyed it. I feel like the guy who directed it, um, Stephen Gaghan. And he's not a terrible... I mean, he won an Oscar for a a movie called Syriana. It's adequately directed, but then at times it feels like it's really trying too hard to be something. I agree. And like I said last week, the founder for me lacked a little bit of style. This one tries style, but then it's really inconsistent with style. Sometimes it's try, sometimes it's trying to be all like hyped up and you know cool and fast moving. Then sometimes it just doesn't feel like anything. It's just real flat. And there's a lot of inconsistency in the way it flows. This movie. There are some scenes, did you find this? Some scenes that just seem to chop off, like, yep. and you're like, yep. hold on, that was interesting. What, what? And now we're somewhere else, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not glaring, but more like, that was not yeah, I didn't fully feel like thought. A f- that story, they're telling me this story of this moment. And then, I mean, it's not a mystery. It's not complicated or anything. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you don't really have to dig too deep to figure out what's going on. But as far as execution of a film telling you, a, a flowing story. It got a little bit weird. Chopped. Very yeah. yeah. There was yeah. some. There were some scenes. I, I, I was. I almost wanted to write it down so I remember, but I don't remember exactly what it was. But there were some scenes, and a lot of scenes in this movie are office. Somebody walking into an office or a boardroom, and they say a bunch of stuff, and then it cuts to something else. They'll be in the jungle, <laughs> like the next scene. Yeah. Um, and sometimes those office bits where they're saying some stuff. I felt like it was chopped off. I felt like, hold on, he's not finished what he was saying, and now we're looking at Matthew McConaughey lying on a raft. Right. Like, what? What? <laughs> like, could you leave it on that for a little bit and skip with that bit? Um, the the whole thing about him getting malaria was, like, untrue. But I can see what they did in the script, because while he has this malaria and this other guy's falsifying everything while he's out of it, yeah, he doesn't notice but in real life, there was no malaria thing or, or even both See, of See, that doesn't make the story better. No, but I understand, like, as a writing point of view, it's a convenience of... Yeah, but you've told this guy, you've made his, you've made the McConaughey character such a way that even if this guy was doing it right under his nose, he would not notice it and he wouldn't, he wouldn't catch on no matter what. So that didn't make any sense to add that. Yeah, it's it not adds, like he's dumb. It doesn't right? do anything. Like in fact, it doesn't give you it doesn't make me cheer for him or rally around him you don't have any moment where he's almost dead and then you're like oh well i don't want him to die there's none of that he's literally just laying on a cot while these people are doing stuff around him he's all sweaty and gross and then the next thing you know he's up and fine yeah ta-da you know know, so it's not a good story it's not 
the story isn't told very well. And this is one thing I've been hung up on lately. And it's also embellished on a little bit too much. Because when you go and read the real things... Yeah. You know, the, there's a suicide in this movie. And it, the way that's portrayed is like... What? No, there was no suicide in the movie. I mean, there's a suicide in the real story. Yeah. And in the movie, the way the suicide is portrayed is like some straight out of a gangster movie kind of thing. It's was ridic- no suicide at all. It's ridiculous. Like, it, it, if you... you it was know. more like... If you jump out of this helicopter, you're either going to live and we'll forget all about you, or you're going to die. And that's it. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. But in the real life, it's more it's very plausible what happened in real life. The guy was hitting rock bottom, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe it wasn't him. His face got eaten off by wild boars. Also a, a convenient... Yeah. Kind of- I think the whole story, if, even if we read it and then you watch it, it's all semi-bullshit. All of it is going to be fluffed up because it's all about some weird, huge amounts of money. People with fat, stupid egos, well, we're going to say men, with big, stupid egos, playing this game of big I mean, there, stuff, there are facts know? also in this movie. But are they? Well, from what I just looked at the I court understand. documents and stuff, and they were... There, there is stuff in this movie that is legit, but it's a small amount of it. Yeah. And like somebody said on the uh, thing I was just reading on History versus Hollywood... It said the most outlandish parts of this movie are actually the true bits. <laughs> Some of the boring, mundane stuff they actually fabricated, which doesn't make much like sense. Like having malaria was not <laughs> interesting at all. Yeah, and the bit, there's, a, there's a scene in this movie where he pets a tiger. It felt really out of place, like, as really? well. Like, it didn't even feel... I was like... And that whole deal, it just made no sense. Like, no sense at all that he would even fathom that. No, that that would even occur. It to came him. to a conclu- They came to that conclusion pretty quickly, didn't? Yeah. Uh, the the he's doing this thing, this other thing. But it, yeah, it all felt left field. Like you've never heard a sniff of that, and then all of a sudden they're doing that. Yeah, exactly. So that all felt like an added thing to me. Like, so yeah, it's super uneven. But I like the performances of some of the people. I liked how it it looked like because it was obviously it takes place in the. Well, the real life thing takes place in the 90s. This, in Canada, in fact. In Canada. Yeah. <laughs> this version takes place in America in the 70s, which is also another embellishment that, to me, is not necessary. Why? I know. Like, because the 70s is more aesthetically pleasing to this person, or what? This wasn't the 70s, it was the 80s. I mean, the 80s, sorry. Yeah. Late late 70s, early 80s. No, from 81 to 88. It started in 1981. Right, I'm... Right, and the thing. real thing started in 93. Um, Which so, doesn't make it less interesting at all. No. And the only thing I was thinking when I, when I read the thing was, why did they set it in the 90s? Uh, in the 80s? Is it because they wanted that music? Because they use a lot oh, of 80s maybe. music. Or is it because they preferred the actors dressed in those those outfits? Like Because it looks kind Something of interesting. Something that doesn't make sense for the story. That's what we're saying. Basically. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a thing where... That is a thing to me where it don't make a lot of sense. It's just somebody aesthetically probably writing Correct. something down. It feels like it. Wouldn't it be cool if they were in 70s outfits, the suits was... I mean, the suits were from the 70s. Because the 90s isn't very interesting, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's not quite the same. Like So there's that stuff. But overall, the story, I would have almost preferred it if it was just gold and it didn't even ever mention a, a story, a true story, and it was just a yeah, a, a film. A fictional story about, yeah. yeah. And then I would have been better with it. I agree. It's when you come off it and you go, okay, just let me look into the true story, and you realize, nah, it's about 2% a true story and the rest of it is fabricated. That's when you go, I don't get that. Why do that? Exactly. So, or is it really, Titanic. really... Pearl Harbor. These are all like perfect examples of how a humongous thing that happened in real life and someone decides to take a little bit of artistic license because they think they can tell the story better than the real life story. I mean, that's what blows my mind. Now, tit- yeah, like Titanic. Don't uh, defend it. I'm saying it's an interesting event in history, right? It maybe th- maybe this event in history, the gold thing, is really boring. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. it's maybe it's not actually interesting at all. Like apart from that one nugget of information. That- and I will say the people didn't seem very appealing. It all seemed very sleazy. Kind of the real. And think of thing. the real thing. It's in Canada. It's it's not uninteresting though. It's not a big glitzy thing. It's not in the middle yeah. of New York or whatever. It's not a stock exchange. Well, it is, but it's not. 
It's more. It's two guys in an office, probably, and they. It's like it said in, in the, his basement. Yeah. Both of them didn't visit the site, so only one of them went to that site. So in real life, it's yeah. actually kind of boring. Like, <laughs> so maybe that is why they thought. Well, no, I think if you're going to tell a real story, if you're a good writer, like really good storyteller, you might be a good writer, but if you're not a good storyteller, then it doesn't matter what we put down. What you put could put down in front of you, you feel like you have to. Overwrite it. Social networks are a good uh, example also because that story's yeah. half true, half not. And if only half, because yeah. they wanted it to be more exciting. Because naturally they're exciting in real life. So they're like, well, we need to add this and that and we need to make it be a lot more. That argument at the end. See, I could say like Avatar is based on the true story of the fact that things exist in the universe. <laughs> and therefore, Avatar happened. But <laughs> Social Network's a good movie, I think. And based on the Facebook thing, I don't know if... In, but it gives you a false sense of understanding go, the yeah. truth. Which yeah, is it like, does. Because yeah. an average person might come along, watch the Social Network and go, Oh, That's in, real, what in real life, that big argument between them. And then you, in real life, you actually know there was no argument between anybody. Like There was no right. physical argument. It's just a dramatic thing that was made up. So... This is what this movie is. It's a... Now, unlike The Founder, where I give it a criticism of saying it felt like a TV movie, this doesn't feel like a TV movie. It's it's got a bigger scope than that. Um, But I think the performances are good overall, but I also think there is some hamming it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but not I, like, like... I like McConaughey, but yeah, he's... There are times when he's being actorly. And there's and times where he's being awesome, too. Like, yes, yeah. there's a mixture, but a lot of, like, okay, you're overthinking this guy. You've made him into a thing, and now he's a caricature of the character you're making. And it makes him more, like, Ebenezer Scroogey, almost, with a weird edge to him. I don't know what it was, but there were moments where I was like, uh, dial it back a little. And this guy, I guess, Matthew McConaughey decided this Kenny Wells character was outlandish and went for it, like, in a big way. Like, it's like, you know, he's kind of out there and he'll... He's like that to me, like like a live wire. Like, he's always thinking of something, he's always saying something. He's a salesman, he's a pitch man. He'll, he's just always trying to cover his himself and make some money. Same as the guy from last week. Yeah, that's what he is. Yeah, he's pretty much that guy, isn't he? But a bit more outlandish than him. And those people exist in the world. That's yeah. Sometimes that's how things get done, but these guys just seem extra sleazy to me. So overall, the movie itself, before we go on to the cast, don't let me say it's a bad movie, because no. it was a fun two-hour movie to watch. It's just don't... You can't take it... <laughs> I just take it... Almost just take it as, like, it's... It's not true. Like it's just a film. Yeah. It's like it's a, a, a an adventure um, drama, um, like a movie I would recommend this week with Matthew McConaughey, Sahara. It's it's almost as much truth as that, and that's yeah. just a made up story. You know? Or the other one you didn't want to recommend, Fool's Gold. Yeah, romantic just comedy. A up, just a, yeah. Yeah, but not you have fun because you're not because <laughs> you've got no expectations. It's just like this is a movie with a story. It's not based on anything, so I have nothing to go. Oh, why did you do that? Like, why did you ruin it by? Yep. Me try. Why? Why do you have him pet a tiger? You know why? Because <laughs> it's a movie moment. That Correct. Is not anything else, right? It's disconnected from this movie too, because there's nothing like that in this movie, and then there's that, right? And that's in the trailer as well. Like that. That actual. I just watched the trailer. They really go make sure you know that there's he pets a tiger in it. So moving on to the cast, Matthew McConaughey plays Kenny Wells. What do you think of him overall? He was good. I mean, he's good. I I'm I get a little exhausted by the overage of every single little, you know, it it's like a callback to a lot of seventies type of characters, and that's fine. There's a lot of really gritty characters from the seventies in movies where. Every little gesture and every little lighting of the cigarette and turning of the like head. Like taxi driver. And, and, and every, every little tiny thing, which I like a lot of times. But not when it feels like that's being layered on top of something else. 
for in that moment he could just be and do his be communicating whatever he is but it's like he approaches every scene with this like what can i do in this scene to make him a little more weird and a little more vile and a little more unappealing and because you know that he does make him unappealing forced. i gotta he does, say yes, he's like he's really unappealing I, i'm not just talking very about the way he looks I'm talking about just the way he is. Like, I'd be yeah. like, I would not want to speak to a guy like that. Ugh, it's just he seemed gross. Yeah, and there are some really it's it's again an uneven performance. I think it's really good in in parts. There's a part where he's arguing with his girlfriend in the hotel room, which was like awesome. I thought. Yeah, very good. And uh, there was a part where a deleted scene, funnily enough, where he sits down for that meeting. That that deleted scene should have been in the movie. There's a, there's a deleted scene which is memorable to me, where he sits down in this meeting with his partner, with this guy, Chinese guy, and he's obviously it's got not Chinese. It's Indonesian. Indonesian. He's got a thing against him, and it's this weird thing across the table, where they're not really saying anything, but you can feel this. It is tension. really good. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Like hell knows why that was cut out of the movie. I guess that whole subplot. It makes him even more dislikable, though. Yeah. You Are you supposed feel, to like him? But you want to skip to the part where they're just doing it. So that's the thing. We skipped from them hatching this idea to being able to have a huge mining operation. Well, for, not huge, but a mining operation a on the top of a mountain in a country where I, I'm thinking, there's got to be a lot of paperwork involved. So we skipped over all that. It's just, we're just there. Yeah. That's it. Like, nobody owns that property. We don't know how they got in, except we, we know they've bribed somebody. Yeah, and the, also when the military turn up to reclaim to claim the mine, <laughs> I was like, "Well, that came out of nowhere, and why didn't that happen before now?" Like, the, well, no, I understood that completely. Um, it didn't happen because they were being paid off, and now they're not. Right, but it, it felt really. And the guy who he's dealing with is more power with that government than he does, and he right. called him up and said. I guess what? None of that's true. Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. All that complicated government stuff. Um, Also, that deal with that guy. Nowhere to nowhere to be seen in that real stuff. Um, So yeah, I like Matthew McConaughey in this. He uh, put on like forty pounds. He uh, shaved the top of his head, so he's just got the hair at the side, so he looks old, old (laughs) and haggard. Like he looks really rough in some sequences where he's really sweaty, and he's in the jungle. And when he's got malaria. Yeah. And he's really unappealing looking. And it's not like a, a showcase for like, oh, you're handsome no, stuff. That's good though. It's it's, good. That's what I like about it. It's like, it, what's really funny is on the cover of this movie, he looks like he does in this movie. But then on the back, they, they got the one shot where he oh, actually yeah. looks nice. Like from Fool's Gold. Yeah. He's got this one shot where he wears a hat <laughs> or, or one scene where he wears a hat. And uh, yeah, he kind of looks at like Matthew McConaughey that you know and love on the back. And literally that is probably the one scene in the movie where yep. he doesn't look like a fat old Sleazy. guy. Like, he didn't look like a fat old guy. <laughs> or a fat ever. middle-aged old guy, right? He never really looks fat. I mean, that's the thing about gaining a bunch of weight when you're a skinny person. He like, looks fat to me because he's ripped normally with abs. The only thing that's fat is he has a fat belly. Yeah. He doesn't look fat at all. He's just got a fat belly and a little bit of fat flab on his arm, but no. But speaking, he did put speaking it on. as a fat person. I mean, they didn't no. put a suit on him. He actually put on the weight, right? Yeah, I know, but I'm saying he didn't look fat. He's look, like he, he, he looked fat to me because I'm usually looking at Matthew McConaughey. He doesn't look like that. I mean, it's quite a transformation for him. I guess, yeah. Because he could have I mean, just put a fat suit on, right? And No, and that would have been terrible. Uh, so Edgar yeah. Ramirez plays the second guy, M- Michael Acosta. What did you think of him? He's fine. There were times when they were talking to each other and they had that, whoever did the sound and whoever thought, who thinks it's the new sexy thing in Hollywood for people to mumble and talk quiet do that, like, and I don't know, understand in real life, we might mumble at each other, you might whisper to someone, but when I'm watching a movie and I want to hear what they're saying, I missed one whole scene about half of it, I was like, fuck it, I don't even care, I'll figure it out, I guess, in context, because it was kind of like, mumbly, he's, um... mumbly, mumbly. But he's, he's fine. He, we know him from Point Break. He's very the, serious. The exceptional remake of Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> Did you love it as much as you loved Independence Day Regurgitation? They're both as shits as each other, right? <laughs> They're pretty bad. Yes. I'd rather, to be honest, though, out of those two movies, I would watch Point Break again for the stunts. <laughs> the, the stunts were actually pretty cool. If you just 
take those stunts away from the story and just watch them do this do the wingsuit yeah. thing. It's actually pretty cool. It's like something out of Fast and the Furious, some outlandish stunt sequence. Whereas Independence Day, I couldn't care less out of any of it. Even the bit what was action was boring. So um yeah, he was to me Edgar he's could have been any, it could have been somebody else. It could have, unfortunately. Bryce Dallas Howard plays Kay, the female only only female pretty much in this movie, yeah. aside from the other lady who's really literally in it for a few seconds. Yeah. What did you think of her? She's good. Now again, she's good, but I feel like she's a bit um empty. Like there's nothing to her. No, uh maybe the character, but yeah, her, no, not her as an actress, the character. There's nothing yeah, to her. But you know, like Matthew McConaughey is being a bit overboard with his portrayal. Like, yeah. I also think she is too. A little bit. Oh, I thought she was pretty understated. Like, like nothing, nothing to that character at all. It's really. Until that one scene and then that's it. Yeah. She's just there like a lot. There's not really anything going on at all. Like she's. That's what I'm saying. There's no overage. But then there's acting. like, um, you know, me. there's that one dramatic scene, isn't there, with her? Yeah. And again, Which didn't make any sense, because we've seen her as this calm, she supports him, she loves him, she kind of accepts him for who he is, and then and all then of a sudden... And then she's real jealous, like... Oh, no, I don't think she was jealous at all. I think she was like, these men are going to chew you up and spit you out, and you're blind no, to it. No, the bit where... She didn't care about that. She didn't care about that. She yelled at him about it. She didn't care about that. She said, I don't care about that. Yeah, I, I can that, deal with... No, mm-hmm. she wasn't jealousy. She could see that he was just jumped into a world where every single person was going to use him up. And she liked him the way he was. Just the way he was. And that this is going to ruin him. That's what her problem was. And there's, there's another thing. That didn't really go anywhere either, did it? When he met the blonde chick and she's trying to chat him up and everything. And then he's in the hot tub with her. Yep. And it just really just fizzled <laughs> out, didn't it? Like, yep. It was like... We just need a couple of sexy scenes and then yep. we're done with it. What like, is the point of this? Oh, yeah. Didn't have a point, did it? Nope. Craig T. Nelson plays Kenny Wells, his father. He's in for about 30 seconds. <laughs> we know Craig T. Nelson. He's As coach. Old, he, I, had, he, had he been olded up a little bit? No, I think he's pretty old. Is that just how he looks? Yeah. And then finally, I just wanted to put down, I like this guy a lot, Corey Stoll. Plays Brian Wolf in here. The guy with the bald head. The guy from yeah. the financial. Yeah. I really like him. And I think he was really good in this. One of the best things in, in it. I agree. And again, nobody... not much, but yeah. Nobody really has much, do they? Apart from Matthew McConaughey and his friend. <laughs> True. Edgar. Nobody else really gets much anyway. But out of all the supporting actors, I really like him. Corey Stoll. He's a comedian, I believe. But um, he's real serious in this. And he's like being this... Businessman. Businessman who's like interested in this thing. But we've got to check it out first. Which somebody should have done in the first place. So this is directed by Stephen Gaghan. Gaghan? And he directed Syriana, which actually won an Oscar for George Clooney. Um, but you had to look, watch the trailer to see if you'd seen it before. <laughs> no, I hadn't seen it. I, You know, I what I had seen of it was George Clooney with the beard knocking on the door. Yeah. And that was the clip they kept showing at the Oscars that year, probably. So um, what did you think? Uh, see, what I think about him as a director is he was trying too hard here. Trying too hard. Trying too hard. To, and when he, he's actually in the extras talking, and he, you can hear him say, oh, well, I was just so in love with this idea, and I kept asking people, can I... And I kept getting a sniff of it and thinking, oh, I'm not worthy to make this, and it, that all seemed a bit... Uh. Snivelly. And then eventually I got it, and like I couldn't believe it, and like I can't believe it. It just sounded very Hollywood, which is one of those things I hate about yeah. The Hollywood machine, which, you know, a lot of great movies get made with the Hollywood machine, obviously. But this was like, the writers seemed a little pretentious, and he was a little bit. And then they had problems with the production and replacing people, and she wasn't supposed to be who she was. And it felt like it. Like he had a, a project that wasn't quite all... And he said, we didn't have anybody on board, and then Matthew came on board, and that's when it started to be something. He didn't like... say that. The writers said yeah, that's, that's when funny. it became a movie. So you go, right, so you didn't believe in your project until some famous person comes along. So, I don't know. I don't really... That kind of extras always makes me, like, cringe. But this director has a style here, but I feel like it's trying to be like somebody else's style a lot. It's not very... Sp- it's not specific, and it's a bit manic. Yeah. And it's a bit... It's trying to be one thing, then it's trying to be another thing. Um, Which doesn't... You know, it's not... 
If you watch him, let's think of a director. David Fincher, I'll think of. He has a very, very specific. <laughs> he has a very specific. No matter what story he's telling, be it Seven, or be it Gone Girl, or be it uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, he has a very. He has a style. He doesn't jump around, and he sticks to what he's doing, and and it's it feels consistent and cohesive the whole thing. This feels like a little bit of this guy and a little bit of that guy and. Let's try this in the middle to make it a bit more flashy. Let's like be a he bit wasn't more coping with the complications on the back end to make it all look right on the front end. So the yeah. back end, they have terrible weather. They have trouble with their sets. They have trouble with their cast. They have trouble with, I think, probably the script even probably had to go through lots of changes during. It just felt like it wasn't all really plotted out very nicely. And it sounds... And all of that leaks through when you're not the kind of director that can go, look, this over here is my vision. This is how it's going to look. In the end, it doesn't matter what kind of hell gets rained down on us. This is how it's going to look. Whereas this kind of person, unfortunately, doesn't have that final vision or something to where it's solid and it covers yeah, R- up Yeah, Ridley Scott things. is another pro yeah. example of somebody who has a vision of something and that's how it is. And it yeah. doesn't vary. It's that. It's right. alien and it's alien, right? <laughs> or whatever he does. Like, it's even Tony Scott, his brother, R.I.P. But he had a very outlandish style. But he didn't waver from it. He was always at, he always used that outlandish style, didn't he? Like, it's like... Yeah. And it even got heightened more as he got older. But still, you were like, yeah, that's Tony Scott. And that's what he does. And that's fine. But this guy, I don't know what he is. <laughs> because, exactly. Because this doesn't Because feel... it doesn't scream super high quality. And it doesn't scream creativity. Those are the two things that kind of make a, a director distinctive. If it's super high quality, but you don't know who the director is, that's fine. If it's highly creative, but it's not well executed, that's fine too. It's like you have to pick one or the other. And this doesn't have any of that. And last week's The Founder, which was direct... The, like, I wouldn't be able to tell you directed that either, because there was, like and I said, it's vanilla yeah. and plain filmmaking. Yeah. But it tells the story fine, and there is room for that kind of director, obviously. But this one, like, skirted the line of trying to be some stylish thing. Yeah. Or, or trying to be just a straight-up telling of a story. I, it sounds like I hated it. <laughs> I does. But I didn't hate it. It was fine. But it's... Not elevated for me. Like, like there's a line, and this feels like fair. it's below it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So it's not a bad movie. It's just not a great one either. So um, extras on the Blu-ray. There are a few. And you can press a button that says play all, which I really like. It doesn't occur on every Blu-ray. And it's really annoying to have to go back to the menu, bring the menu back up, press the next thing, press play, and then when it's the next extra, you have to do all that again. This one, you just press one button and see it all. There isn't that much, though. There's a deleted sequence, which I promise you that deleted sequence is almost better than anything in the film. It's weird that it was deleted. It was just like a really awesome like uh, back and forth. When he spun the Lazy Susan around and stuff, it, it's just, there's just yeah. some really awesome stuff in it. Um, there's a feature commentary with the director, which I'll listen to this week. Maybe I'll get some more insight onto this movie. And uh, The Origins of Gold, The Locations of Gold, and Matthew McConaughey is Kenny Wells. Those three little featurettes, they really amount to a couple of minutes. Yep. And uh, you do see some of the trouble they had. Like you said, during the filming, they, their actual set got this monsoon season and it got completely submerged. That just tells me that they didn't do a lot of research. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so it's unfortunate. It and then sucks, they had to rebuild but... the whole set somewhere else. Like So yeah, there was problems. Yeah. Um, but you don't really see a lot of it. The extras are pretty small. Um, so conclusion on gold. Let's have yours first. I enjoyed it as sort of an adventure. I The idea planted in my mind of how these big, humongous things do get done. And at the same time, I'm watching it thinking, this is all just bull. It's not going to be based on a real story. It's not holding together for me. It's I'm not endeared by the... Characters, I don't care if he gets rich, I don't care if he gets dumped in the in a ditch and becomes poor. Like, none of those things bothered me enough to care about the end result. But it interested me in the process and 
Matthew McConaughey just kind of captures you. Even if you think the character is vile, there's just something. I would love to see him in a play. I would love to see him do bits and pieces He's of good, other. Yeah. He is good. And that's about it, unfortunately. Um, what I would say is the core idea of this story and the one, the bit of the movie where I actually physically went, holy shit, like, <laughs> I didn't, you know, everybody in real life was duped by what happened. Oh, we forgot to also mention that at some point we're watching the movie and there's a little bit of a voiceover. And it, that's, you know, kind of telling a little thing. And then half an hour in or... 20 minutes in, then all of a sudden it's like, and that's the last time I saw my father. Okay, well that's, okay, so now we're we're framing the story in a, a post voice after, you know. Right. We, we're now in the present with him telling us a story from the past, and then all of a sudden we see a scene of him being interviewed by people we don't know who they are, and we're like, oh, so that's now. Yeah. But then it isn't. No. So, as you go through the story, it's not framed, it's not plugged together well, you know. You know, you know that <laughs> I thing forgot about that. That thing that Tarantino does that's awesome, where he uses forward and back in time, and at the end it all, you go, oh, yeah, wow, that's cool. Like, I see how it all fits together now. This tries a little bit of that randomly. Oh, I don't even think that's And then at the end, trying. there's an end scene where, there's a, where, it, where it actually cuts back to a tape recorder that you've seen before, go down the... And you're like... Oh, whatever. So what? <laughs> yeah. like, like, exactly. Oh, oh, okay, so near the beginning of the movie, we were actually seeing the end of it. Is that your reveal? Yeah, is that the big ta-da? Yeah. yeah, that was annoying. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was a bit of a choppy thing, too. I, I can see what they were trying to do. It just wasn't executed well. Um, so, yeah, I like the overall core of the story, where it actually shocked me, where I went, wow. And then when, when I did go and re- research, in, watch this movie, and then go and research the real thing... Researching the real thing is actually more rewarding than the movie. It because, is. It was more interesting. Because you go, wow, all these people were completely duped by a guy, one guy, who was, or maybe in the real story, both guys. Yeah. Because it isn't clarified. In this movie, it's kind of made like, you know, Matthew McConaughey was duped. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's more on the side of, yes, he was probably duped. In real life... Nobody really knows if they were both in on it. So, you know, one's dead and the other one's dead now as well. So, in real life, it's more grey than this story tries to make it. So, go and read the real life story. You'll have a lot of fun with it. And I'm glad this movie drew my attention to something so interesting. Because it is a pretty interesting story. So, thanks to Anchor Bay and uh, the Weinstein Company for the Blu-ray. If you want to win a contest, we've got copies of Punching Henry and... The new um, editions of The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2. We've actually got those for giveaway as well on Blu-ray. Those will be up this week. Go and have a look on aceglue.com. You can win. Um, next week's Blu-ray review is The Space Between Us. We're going to look at that next week. I think it's about space and stuff. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll look at that next week. Movie recommendations I am going with on the subject of gold. Sahara, starring Mr. Matthew McConaughey. Um, I really enjoyed it. I lo- I read the Dirk Pitt books when I was a kid. And uh, I was really excited to see that they were making a Dirk Pitt movie, which was Zahara. And it was going to be a franchise, but it didn't do particularly well. But it's it actually a really fun it movie. It wasn't great, but, but no, it's it was fun. fun. It's like yeah. in an Indiana Jones, discount Indiana Jones, I would say. Yeah. Mummy style uh, adventure. It's a fun adventure. And, you know... It might have dated really horribly, like The Mummy has, if you go back and watch that. But at the time, I really liked it. Matthew McConaughey's really good in it. Um, Dallas Buyers Club is my other one, which is my best, like, dramatic performance from Matthew McConaughey. He's just like his, it's like his ultimate performance for me, that one. It's like, this guy's just. He's in it. Yeah, True Detective's also uh, really high on on that scale, too. But um, Dallas Buyers Club. And Sahara. And yours are? Mine are going back 30 years to 1987. I'm digging up the list of things I've seen. And this week, two very different movies. Fatal Attraction, as you described it, the Boiling Cat movie. It's yes. not a cat, it was a rabbit. I thought it was a cat. And <laughs> Baby Boom with Diane That's where Keaton. Bunny Boiler comes from. Bunny Boiler. No. Well, it existed before that, I believe. Right. Um, that's why she boiled the bunny. Yeah. Um. Baby Boom with Diane Keaton, which is a very of its time, a businesswoman trying to make it in the business world, 
She then inherits a child, and that, of course, changes her whole perspective on everything. And then Fatal Attraction's kind of a different tale. You know, a woman who gets obsessed with a dude who screws her and dumps her, and then she sort of changes her whole perspective on <laughs> Changes his whole perspective. It was good at the time, but it's really of the time. Like yeah, Basic Instinct. Both of those, very of the time. When you go back and see them now, you're kind of like, wow, this is so over the top. Like, it's really... Yeah. Super heightened, and it's, like, not believable in any anything. Like, it's really... Correct. It's just made for, you know, show, basically. <gasps> you mean, like, a moving picture show? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, they don't really make movies like that now, do they? they? I mean, maybe they do. Probably they do, we just don't watch them all. They just remade The Hand That Rocks the Cradle with an all-African-American cast. And it was. I saw the trailer for it, and it's like. I mean, like, if you're gonna pick a story to tell and try to like remake a story, that's not the one to tell. No. Under any circumstances. So, uh, games and Ace Scully stuff this week. I've been playing Need for Speed. What did you say when I was playing Need for Speed? It sounded really dumb. You said, "Why are you playing that? Just, that sounds really dumb." Yeah, it's really dumb. And I said, "It's it's Need for Speed." It, like that's supposed to solve. <laughs> I answered that question. I'm like, it sounds so dumb. It's making me feel dumber. They've added like a Ugh. story to it. Like, no, with, they didn't. With they added a bunch of talking. Full motion video. Yeah, it was really dumb. I said to you, look how good these characters look in this game. And you went, wow, yeah, they do look really good. <laughs> and, and I said, well, that's because they're video. <laughs> they are real people. But um, there's, it's basically like in the 90s when games consisted of full motion video because people thought it was cool. And they made games that were basically a movie that you just pressed a button every so often to change the choices. That's what they've done with Need for Speed here. It's not new, this game. It came out last year. But I've just started playing it. And uh, the racing part is awesome. I love racing. Um, it, it looks really good. The story part, I couldn't even tell you what's happening. There's just people phoning me up and saying some stuff. They say bro and bruh. And sometimes they fist bump me. Like, it's from your perspective. So imagine you're in the game with a GoPro on your head. <laughs> and you're filming the, right. everybody else. That's how it looks. And everybody you encounter fist bumps you. And after a while, it's just kind of funny. I'm like, okay, he's going to... Oh, there he goes. Fist bump, fist bump, fist oh, bump. Oh, funny is the word you would use. Yeah, it's it's kind of... I, I don't know if this full motion video was done to be so bad it's funny. Kind of ironic. Because it is really bad. Like, I mean, it, it's not cool. People are like, yo, bro, you got to get a talk in that engine, man. It's like that, isn't it? It's like yep. really... Dumb. Yeah, and the, even word, the, the word you're looking for is... Dumb. And even they've added some female characters in it for sex appeal, I guess. And they're like mechanics, but they're like really like dress sexy, but the mechanics is weird. And they say bro and fist bump you as well. It's it's like the, I guess they were trying to go for the Fast and the Furious vibe. Dumb. Yeah. With cars. Correct. So yeah, that's Need for Speed. I've been playing a bit of that. And that's it I've been playing this week. Not been playing anything else. Um, what is Svenguli and what Svenguli is the... is a horror host. He dresses up funny and tells really bad jokes and presents a movie over a two-hour show on MeTV on Saturday night. And tonight is... What's the name of it? Gamora? No. It's not Gamora. Three-headed thing. Ghidorah. Ghidorah or something. Yeah. Three-headed So it's monster. Godzilla. It's not the Godzilla, which doesn't do much for me, but they're kind of funny in their own weird way. I like, I've never really seen them all, and we have been seeing them all recently. Mm-hmm. We're actually going through them, because that's what he's doing with them. Um, and I like how they change in tone sometimes. I like, there's that really dumb one, and then there's a real serious one, and then there's like a kind of, like, special effect extravaganza for the day. Yeah. But that really dumb one, it was all, it was, it was so bad that one, wasn't it? Son was, of Godzilla. Yeah, that was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. In fact, I'm resentful that I wasted my life watching it. This one here, though, is more serious. Um, more serious, my ass. Have you seen the poster? For men in rubber suits running around. Yeah, it's a paper mache three-headed monster, which is fun. I'm not saying, but don't <laughs> big it up. Yeah. All right, so what's for dinner? Subway is going to be the easiest thing. It's going to be yummy because I'm hungry today. It does sound yummy. And my advice is don't just reflect on the past. You see, we do that. We today happens and then we're like oh well if i'd only done that and i've only done that and oh that happened and that's whatever you can do that that's fine we all do it and hopefully it will mold you a little bit for your future but also like do it now 
So like if you're about to make a big decision, don't just don't just do it. I mean, the people in these movies that we're watching, they just do it, right? Now, they may accomplish the big thing, and they may not, but they just go for the big thing. They're not being very reflective no. on on their choices and how they're going to impact other people and themselves. They just kind of go for it. And I'm all for, like, follow your dream or whatever. But if it comes down to, like, little individual things, you know... You know, oh, my so-and-so has asked me to help him with some money. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, because he needs help. And poor guy, brother, sister, whoever it is, you know, nephew, whatever. But you might need to reflect, stop and ref- think about a year from now. What are the possibilities of this thing going very badly? And right. what will I be looking back on? You know, reflect back on now, but think of it a month from now. Oh, right. He's probably not going to pay me back and I'm going to be really pissed. And then he'll probably ask for more money. And then my husband's going to be pissed or my friends are going to tell me. I mean, whatever. At least think about it. You can still make the same decision, but do a little bit of reflection now on your big decisions. And that's really all I got. That is one thing about this movie, Gold. It is like full steam ahead the entire time. It is, Nobody's thinking about anything, I don't think. No. They're just going, guess what would be cool? We have a gold mine. Let's do the gold mine. Then, then they're at the gold mine, and then they're like making money, and then nobody's ever like sat down like thinking about anything. It's not presented in a way that no. makes you think there's a lot of thinking going on. No, it's just full steam ahead the entire time. So, um, yes, uh, I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com and sidtalk.com. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Catch this podcast on the Google uh, Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to sayschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, and you can listen or subscribe there. Email feedback to me at aschoolyatasechoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates you. I do not hate anybody. Jesus, criminy. You don't hate anybody. You hate like people who send spam, though, right? I do. No. I physically I don't hate. hate anybody. I do. I, hate I actually don't think I hate anybody. I mean, I hate your behavior. I don't hate you. I might be like, ugh, you're so stupid, but it doesn't mean I hate you. Well, I you hate think you. I'm stupid or lame, and that I don't assume that means you dislike me. It means you dislike something in the moment. You dislike spam. You can't hate the person who's sending you spam. That isn't fair. There's some advice for you. Don't hate the spam or hate the spam. Mmm, <laughs> spam. Yum. Um, so, uh, no, not really yum. Do they do like a vegan spam? I don't know. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? We're vegetarian, vegetarian in case anybody wants yeah. to know. But I bet they, well, they could. It's the ideal thing to make a vegan version of because we have fake Chicken burgers and fake, you Some know. Some people don't like using the word spa- fake, but hey. Well, I like You it. can make your own vegan spam. Right. So um, I also want to say stay classy, Mr. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I really like your uh, stuff, and this one was a little bit wacky. I'm going to say, think for yourself. If you don't do it, someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>